0: about this message, I was like, how interesting would it be if we actually didn't call people by their given names, but we called people by their personalities? If we were not called by our given names, but we were called by our personalities, what's some of the names that you think that you'd be called, maybe some husbands out here would be named by their wives as sweet talker or smooth talker? Maybe, maybe one of your kids you'd call fussy eater. Maybe you'd call him hard worker. In our house, if, if Trinity, my beautiful wife, called me by my personality, it would be hot stud. It's just, it's just the truth. And uh, the crazy thing is, is that when we look at scripture, that God is actually called by his personality all the time. Yeah, come on. What's, what's some of the things that God is called by His personality? How about this one? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. He is the Lord that heals me. He is the Lord that saves me. God is love. God is great. Like, He's called by His personality. His personality is, is the names that they're given to Him. And, and we understand that who God is because the different names about His personality reveals a part about who He is. And he's got great names. He's called the God of love, the God of mercy, the God of goodness, all those sorts of things. And then there's this crazy thing that happens in Scripture, which kind of seems a little bit weird of a name for Jesus or for God. And it's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 to 5. And it says this, You shall not make an idol in the form of anything. You shall not bow down to them and worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. It just doesn't seem to fit, does it? God is love, God is mercy, God is our healer, God is our provider, God is jealous. As when I think about being jealous, I think about, you know, at school, on the fields, an intermediate, where one girl's jealous of another girl because she likes that boy and that boy likes her. It just kind of seems petty, doesn't it? Yes? Jealousy kind of seems petty doesn't seem very positive. And what I don't understand is that if the scripture teaches us that everything belongs to God, then why would he be jealous? What is there for God to be jealous of if he owns everything? Yes? I don't think my nieces are in here right now, but I was at my niece's birthday party yesterday, bit of a birthday lunch, and uh, she was got a few presents, and the other niece had a little bit of an issue that the... Sister was getting birthday presents. Any parents got kids like that, you know, where it's like it's someone's birthday, but the other kid gets really jealous of that kid. They have a birthday themselves at some stage and get gifts, but they're allowed birthday presents, but nobody else should. I should have what? Anybody, you're hard work this morning, I'm telling you. And so God says that he's a jealous God. So what could he be jealous of if he owns everything? Well, here's the thing. I want, to, I want to show you this morning that God is jealous for your heart, not because He's insecure. It's not because it's God is insecure, but because He loves you. And the reason why God has such a huge problem with idolatry is that His love for you and I is all-consuming. It is completely and totally all-consuming, and He loves you too much to share you. He doesn't want to share you with anyone. He loves you so much, He wants you to Himself. In Deuteronomy 4.24 it says this, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And we hear the word jealous about God and we, we kind of fear that word a little bit because we think that maybe we've done something wrong that's made Him jealous and we might be getting in trouble for it, yeah? But what we don't understand because our English language is so limited is that the Hebrew word for jealous there in that scripture is the same word for zealous. So if we're gonna understand the scripture correctly, we understand that zealous or zeal means an intense enthusiasm. So really what the scripture is saying in the original Hebrew is that God is jealously, zealous, consuming of you. He is intensely, Enthusiastic about you. The idea catches why God is so positive about us, why he's so possessive about us, because he is a all-consuming fire that is zealous and jealous for your heart. He wants all of you. It's not, he's not, it's not something to fear. The jealousy of God for us is something that we should embrace. It's something that we should be proud of. It's something that we should take great heart in. That my God is jealously, all consuming, fire zealous for me. For me and for you. And when we talk about God's intolerance of idolatry, it comes back to a passionate love for you and I that is so intense, so powerful. It burns hotter than a billion suns. He is so after you. But as we've gone through this series, you may have started to discover in your life maybe some modern gods that are at war in your life. And the thing is, is, this, is that as you discover some of these gods in your life, God always responds to those things with two words. You choose. Choose. You choose between me and money. You choose between me and your career. You choose between me and that relationship. Or you choose between me and your incredible gym body. Okay, no laughs. Tough crowd. You see, here's the thing about God, is he will not give you the option of making him one of many. He will not give you the option. There is no room for anyone or anything else but him. And in the book of Ezekiel, God helps Ezekiel to describe to us that idolatry to God would be like adultery to us. I can't think of a more painful thing to ever happen to someone in your human experience than having an unfaithful partner. To me, it's it's the ultimate betrayal that someone would betray you for someone else that's meant to love you. And Ezekiel says that how you would feel about your wife or your husband or your whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, cheating on you is how God feels when there's other gods vying for his place. It's how God feels when we replace him with cheap substitutes instead of the real thing. And, you know, I... Um, was thinking about this, how would I describe this to you so that you get an understanding? And I decided that this is the only way that I can describe it. I'm at Monarch Cafe on a Friday night. And I'm having a candlelit dinner with someone who's not my wife. And uh, John Tana comes walking past, sees me in there having a candlelit dinner with somebody who's not Trinity. He walks in and he says to me, mate, what's going on? What does it look like? I'm on a date. And he goes to me, well, what about Trinity? I go, what about Trinity? Now, how many people know that? that John will probably walk, walk out. he would probably say a few things to me. But he would probably walk out of that restaurant going, what the heck? What are you doing? But then it gets even better because when I get home, I walk through the door. Trinity goes, hello, how was your date tonight? How many people think that would ever happen? That's not going to happen, is it? If Trinity found out that I had done that, her hurt and her pain would be enormous. It would be absolutely huge. And you know what? I would be offended if it was not. Because if she wasn't upset about that, that would mean that she doesn't care about me. If she wasn't upset that I was having a date with someone else, that would mean that she doesn't care about me. And so God's jealousy for us It's not something that we should be fearful of. It's actually something that we should embrace because I would be offended if he wasn't upset and in pain when I make something else more important in my life than him when he is so zealous for me. See, when you realize that God loves you this way and how overwhelming it is, it should change the way that you see yourself. When you understand how much God loves you, it should change the way that you see yourself. You see, your body was made from the dust, but God made you. From dust you're created, from dust you'll go, your body, but you will last forever. That your body was made from the dust, but he made you. And when you understand that God loves you that much, that God is zealous and jealous for you, man, it should change how you view yourself. And here's the other thing. Everything in life takes on a new significance when somebody loves you like that, yeah? When somebody loves you to that degree, everything takes on a different meaning. I I can remember not so much now because I have teenagers, but I can remember when the kids were little and I'd get home from work and they'd almost be waiting at the door for me to turn up and I couldn't even get out of my car before I'm swamped. Ah! I was over at Rimmer and Anna's house um, a wee while ago and both Avery and Jaira are standing on the couch looking out the window waiting for Rimmer to get home because it's about time for Rimmer to get home and they're bouncing on the couch. Ah! Waiting for daddy. And I was so excited to see him when he turned up, when somebody loves you to that degree, coming home is is one of the greatest things that you can do. I I couldn't wait to get home to be embraced and to be loved and to be cherished like that. It, it, It gives you a sense of significance like you just don't know any other way. When my wife came walking down the aisle on our wedding day, they had to keep the music playing because I was just crying and crying and crying. I was a big mess because when somebody loves you that way, that intensely that much, it does something for you that is beyond your wildest dreams. And here's the thing, God loves you more than that. Way more than that. See, the, God is not into cohabitation. He doesn't, he's not into an open marriage. He just wants you. As much as we sing, I just want you and nothing else, God says, I just want you and nothing else. The way that you are, the way that you are right in this moment, he just wants you. You see, the jealousy of God is demonstrated just not in the offence he takes at our, idol, our idolatry, but also it's demonstrated in the pursuit of our hearts. You see, he doesn't want you to run off with another, with another lover, with something else something that you're going to love more than him, he relentlessly chases after you. And no matter which God is winning the war of your heart right now, I want you to know this morning that you can be sure of one thing, that the one true God will never, ever give up winning your heart. He will stalk you all the way to your grave trying to win your heart. He will never give up on you. He will never forsake you nor leave you. There's nothing that separates you from the love of God. Not mountains, not depths, not sin, not nothing separate. He is relentlessly pursuing after you. You think that that you've done something so bad or so wrong or you stuffed up this week and that somehow now God has removed himself from you. No, no, no. He is pursuing you. He is in relentless pursuit because he is jealous and he realises that this week that something else got your heart and he wants it back. And so he is not angry with you. He is not frustrated with you. He is pursuing you. And if you would just Turn in his direction and embrace the jealous, zealous, consuming love of God. You'll find that he's not here to judge you. He's here to win you back. You see, people say to me, what's so special about Christianity? I'll tell you what's so special about Christianity. Christianity is the only faith where God pursues you. All other religions, you have to pursue the God, whether it be Buddhist or whatever, but when it comes to God, he pursues you. He is jealous for you. God is imagined in countless ways across our world. God has imagined as all sorts of things. Some people think that God is just a, another name for nature or God is the tree, like a tree, save a whale, God is the chair. You know, there's some wacky thinking out there. Or here's another one, you are God. You can find your God on the inside of you. Or maybe there is no God. Maybe Buddhists have it right and the answer is on the inside of you. But I want to tell you something this morning that Christianity is so different because we believe that there is one God and we believe that that one God is all-powerful, that he's the father to everyone, And his most striking feature that he has is not his anger, and it's not his power, and it's not his transcendency, and it's not his creativity. The most striking feature about the God that you and I serve and follow is his relentless, all-consuming love for you and I. The most striking thing about him from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, there is a love letter of him pursuing you. God is the most loving, caring, jealous, and zealous person for you. And He will pursue you until He can win you. all the other religions, there's punishments for this, that, and the other thing. But when it comes to Him, He took the punishment for you and I on the cross so that you wouldn't have to, because He just wants you. He doesn't want you to do anything. Just love Him. He did everything for you. He provided healing for you, salvation for you, freedom for you, deliverance for you, financial. He he just covered all of your bases and he said, I just want your heart and I'm not even gonna sit back and wait for you to give it to me. I'm gonna relentlessly pursue you for it. The most striking feature of our God is not his anger or his power, although his power is incredible, but it's his relentless pursuit of his love for you and I. And you can't make that up about a God because it's outrageous to think that God would pursue us. It's outrageous to think that the God that controls the universe, that holds the universe between his thumb and his forefinger, the all-powerful, all-consuming God, would pursue us. I don't know if you've ever been to a fine dining restaurant, but when we were in Hawaii earlier this year, celebrating 25 years of being married, we went to a really nice fine dining restaurant. And you can tell it's fine dining because basically I had to text the kids and tell them that we were fasting for the next two weeks because I just spent the grocery money on one meal. But you know what? While I was sitting there, I never once had to pursue the waiter. They pursued me. They came after me. In fact, after each course, they come with a little comb and they sweep up all the crumbs and take it off in front of you. This is not Denny's friend. They sprinkled... Ro- uh, red rose petals on our table because they knew it was our 25th wedding anniversary, and then they brought some special thing that was on fire I don't know what it was, but a had in chocolate, happy 25th anniversary, and chocolate dipped strawberries, and it was just like, they pursued us. You see, God is a God that pursues you, pursues you. And all you have to do is turn. It is outrageous. To think that this God from heaven, the God of perfection, the God of purity, the God of might, puts on skin and makes himself vulnerable as a baby, all in pursuit of your heart. This God, when ignored, this God, when rejected, this God, when violently crucified, this God always finds a new way to express his love to you. And this God has never, ever given up winning your heart and he never ever will. He will pursue you all the way to the grave and once you understand the jealousy of God, it will help you to understand the seriousness of your idolatry, of making other things more important than him. He is jealous, he is relentless and his love is so powerful that he is entwined in pursuing you and I. In fact, the whole entire Bible, as I said earlier, is a love letter of a story of what he will do for us. Ever since he first created us, you can see all the way through that all the times that we have rejected him, all the times that humanity has turned their back on God, God hasn't walked away. He's just doubled down on his pursuit of us. He's never given up pursuing you and I. He just doesn't do that. The God who gives you the freedom to say no to him is the same God that insists on giving every possible conceivable chance for you to say yes to him. By the end of the Old Testament, the people of God had turned away from him so much The Bible says that there's 400 years of silence. In other words, 400 years that God has not spoken to them. 400 years that there was no prophets. 400 years where they'd never seen God do anything for 400 years because they'd so turned their back on him that he was silent for 400 years. And it looks like in the midst of that, that he has abandoned them, that he has turned his back on him. But in this deepest, darkest time of them being away from him, God actually steps up to the plate and God brings the deepest and most startling expression of his relentless pursuit for you and I by sending his son and God is back He's not silent anymore. He is back and this time it is personal and it has always been personal to him that he would send his son. Jesus represents to you and I how far God is prepared to go to win your heart. He had a choice to make. He had to choose between your heart or choose his son. And I wanna tell you this morning that he made the choice of your heart over his son. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he is jealous of your heart and Zealous for your heart that he chose your heart. Your heart that was away from him. Your heart that had rejected him. Your heart that didn't want him. He chose that rejecting heart over his son. Because he loves you so much. While yet you were still sinners, Christ died for you. He didn't care what you were doing. He didn't care whether you loved him or not. He loved you so much that he chose your heart over his son's life. Jealousy of God is not something to be feared, friend. It's something that we should embrace. John 3.16 says this, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I want to ask you this morning, as I'm sharing this morning, can can you feel him coming after you? Can you hear his footsteps? Do you hear the whisper in your ear that he won't take no for an answer, that he's gonna keep coming until he wins you? Until he wins you? He's gonna keep coming. He's gonna keep texting you. He's gonna keep, is there anybody, oh, I don't put your hand up because it might embarrass your husband, but I know there are some guys in this place They didn't quit when they wanted to win your heart. No matter how many times you said no, they just kept coming. My brother, when he married his wife, Robin, the first six times he asked her out, she said no, I'm not interested in you. You're not my type. He just kept coming, just kept asking, didn't give up. I'm pretty sure she said yes, just to get him to leave her alone. But he is in relentless pursuit of her heart and God just, he doesn't care how many times you say no. He just keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. Can you hear his footsteps? Can you feel him around you? Can you hear him saying, I love you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna win you. I'm gonna show that I'm the God that can be trusted. I'm gonna show that I'm the God that is jealous for you. I'm going to win you. See, the prodigal son is such an incredible story, not because of the decisions that the prodigal son made as he went away from his father and, and, and lived wild and spent all of his inheritance that the father gave him early. The incredible story of the prodigal son is that when he decided to go home and be a slave in his father's house, The incredible story is this, is that the Bible says this, while he was yet afar off, the father saw him. The father saw him. Never once did the father not be looking to the horizon for when his son would come back. Not once did he give up on him. Not once did he say, oh no, it's been a couple of years. He's obviously not coming, not once. He was looking for him day after day after day. And it says that when he saw his son, that he ran to him and he put his cloak on him and he put shoes on him and he gave him the ring of authority and then he went and killed the fatted calf and celebrated that his son was home. It's God trying to show us that it doesn't matter where you are or what you've done or where you've been, he is looking for the moment that you turn towards him and he comes running. He doesn't, he doesn't just wave and, and wait for you to come over and go, I told you it wasn't gonna work out for you. He runs to you and he restores you and he installs you back with the place that you left, with the authority, with the robe of righteousness, with everything that you could ever need. And then he celebrates that. He kills the fatted calf and celebrates that you're back. Not not once does the father talk to him about what he had done. All he talked about is that now you're home. My son is home. Why? Because he doesn't care what you've done. He just wants your heart. Just your heart. That's our God. Our jealous, insistent, loving God. He hates everything that comes between us, that's an obstacle between Him and us. He hates anything that blocks our view of Him. He hates anything that blocks you hearing His voice. If I understand one thing about this jealous God, is that he just wants you. And he doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you to himself. He doesn't want to share you. He wants you to himself. And he will not stop pursuing you until he has all of you. And I don't know everybody here in this building this morning. I don't know where you're at. Some of you I do know, but I still don't really know where you're at at your heart. And you may think that God has somehow stopped pursuing you because you've done this, that, and the other thing. A jealous God never stops. He never stops pursuing you. He never stops coming after you. He's not interested in what you've done. He's interested in, will you give him his heart? Will you give him your heart? I thank God that he's jealous. I thank God that he pursues me when I turn my back on him. I thank God that even when I've made so many failures, pastoring this church over 11 and a half years and made mistakes and sinned and stuffed up, that he never gives up on me. He just keeps pursuing There are moments that I've had over the years where I was just like, I can't get up here. I can't talk. Look what I've done. I can't tell these people how to live. Look what I've done. I can tell you this because I don't like to practice what I preach. I like to preach what I practice. And I can tell you this this morning. I have learned over the last four years that this God pursues me. And it's not a pursuit that I should be fearful of. It's not fatal attraction pursuit. I would have got to laugh then too, but never mind. He's not a stalker that's trying to kill you. He's trying to win your heart. He wants to romance you. He wants your heart and he will not stop until he has it. And you can say no a thousand times, but he'll just keep looking for that one yes. That's all he needs. It's all he needs. Why don't we just all close our eyes just for a moment in this place. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know whether you know God. I don't know whether you do know him, but you haven't really been in relationship with him. Maybe you feel like you are a long off. Maybe you feel like he has abandoned you. I'm here to tell you this morning, he has not abandoned you. He's just waiting for the one yes to replace all the no's. And that yes this morning can come really, really easily for you. All you got to do this morning is say, you know what, yeah, I want you to have my heart. I want this God that relentlessly, jealously pursues me to have my heart. And all you've got to do is turn around and say to him, Jesus, forgive me. Come and be the Lord of my heart. Come and be the Lord of my life. And you know what? what he does? is he doesn't turn around and point the finger at you and tell you what you've done wrong. The Bible says this, that he just removes all the sin, throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, remembers it no more, and he, all, he, all he is, now I've got your heart. Let's go. Let's go. Just like the prodigal son, let's go. Let's just celebrate. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's put the authority ring back on your finger. Let's get you back to how I originally intended you to be. He, he's just not interested in what you've done. He's interested in you becoming all that He created you to be. And all it takes is just a yes to Him and a no to sin. And if you hear the morning.